can you hear me now? Thank you, Lord. Oh, I was just thinking, love lifted me in the form of a double-looped white belt from the 70s when I was growing up, and uh, this hurts me more than you, son. I don't think so, Dad, but uh, he did it out of love, which is the ironic part of it, but I thought that was such a funny story. Um, I do want to say, though, that I'm thankful for my parents' family, just you know, getting to be with them over the last several days and hanging out with family and my siblings driving in from Nashville up to Springfield. And sometimes you just got to be reminded of how blessed you are. And so I was thinking God was just really showing me my, my family. I've grown up with my parents who still love and like each other after being married over 50 years. And they did so well together, you know, fixing everything for this huge group and weren't fighting. And, and then I just think about the church family God's given me. And so I'm very thankful for you guys as well. It's been a great year and a half being here at Bentonville Church of Christ, and I'm very thankful for the people, the body, thankful for the ministry team I work with, thankful for the leadership that I get to be a part of. So thank you. Uh, There's so much to be thankful for. There's a lot of things going on in this world that could really kind of get you down, get your focus off of what's most important. But at the same time, I think it's important to be reminded of, of how blessed we are. You know, a couple weeks ago, I spoke from John 13. I was going to review it, but Justin, you did a really good job this morning of speaking from John 13, and so fun to talk about the unconditional love, and Josh did a great job talking uh, from John 14 as we look at the spiritual survival kit as Jesus has one night left with his disciples, and as Justin mentioned from the context of the Lord's Supper where he was speaking from, and then Josh was talking about from from John 14, the, the main things that I can remember is if you've seen me You've seen the Father, which I think is a huge concept in this walk with Jesus Christ. As I heard a theologian say, what you think about when you think about God is the most important thing about you. So we look at God through the lens of Jesus Christ. He reassures us that, hey, don't be too concerned. No, you can't go where I'm going, but I'm going to leave the advocate for you. I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit, and it's going to give you peace. And so John 14 is a great kind of catapult as we come into John 15. And which is what we're going to talk about this morning. And I want you to look at this. My brother-in-law, Nick, who was here recently doing a marriage seminar, he was a missionary in Uganda, which is in East Africa for 10 years. And I've been blessed to go there several times, but Nick brought this back for me. It's hand-carved by a Ugandan. And it's the verse from John 15, 5. It says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. One thing it leaves off there is, apart from me, you can do nothing. But this is a visual reminder in my office today, because Jesus is preparing his disciples for what's to come. It's the spiritual survival kit, because there's times where we're just surviving in our relationship with Jesus Christ in this world, as trials come, as, as grief sometimes overtakes us, sometimes as doubt and fear is, is creeping in, whether we do we even believe in God anymore, let alone do I want to pursue this relationship with him? And there's times where we're just surviving out of pure obedience. And those aren't the best of times, but sometimes they're important as it shapes us. But God also, Jesus also wants us to thrive. And so we're gonna, what we're going to hit today, it's partly survival, but it's, I think it's a lot of thriving. He's preparing, he's setting them up for success for what they're about to face in the coming days, but also just in the coming years as they walk out this faith, this belief in Jesus Christ. And so as we look at this over the next several verses, John 15, 1 through 8 was what we're going to focus on right now. I want you to think about this concept. He is the vine, 
and we are the branches. And branches are all of those who claim to be followers of Christ. And, and as, as we believe here, as the Bible lets us know that when you believe in Jesus Christ, the obvious next step is we get to take Jesus Christ on in baptism. And as, we, as, as it symbolizes this death, burial, and resurrection, it's more than just a symbol. There's power in it. There's salvation in it. There's forgiveness of sins. And so I want you to think about this morning, if you have taken Jesus Christ on a baptism, you are a branch, and some of you have not yet, but I want you to consider that this morning. You literally are a branch to the vine. You're engrafted in with Jesus. We are in union with Jesus Christ. We're not separated from him. And that's a beautiful thing to consider in the possibility. So Jesus is setting them up not just to survive, but also to thrive, because that's his best for us, right? John 10, 10, I've, I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly, even though life isn't always, doesn't always feel like it's abundant. But look at the next verses with me. We're gonna go through several verses again today, just to let the Bible speak for itself, which is really great, because when you think about it, anytime we read the word of God, anytime I'm speaking it out, this is Holy Spirit inspired, Okay, so we're breathing the Holy Spirit onto each other when we read this, which I think is really good news. Jesus says here in John 15, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the true vine. Oh, wait. Here we go. There we go. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I want to focus in right here. John 15, 4, 5 through 8. Some of you have the versions where it says, if you abide in me. So what does this remaining in Jesus Christ look like? What does it look like to abide in Jesus? And since I'm a youth minister, I have a recent visual. When we go into retreats, we go to camps, teens like to bring their hammocks, you know, their enos. Raise your hand if you know what that is, okay? Most of you, it's okay. Some of you wonderful, young at heart, older people, if you don't know what that means, hammocks, you know, you put them between the two trees and you're just hanging out. And it's become this new popular thing. And now parents, if your kid wants to get a double hammock, no. Okay, so you're hammocking and you're out there and, and I just kind of picture this kind of hammocking hanging out with Jesus Christ. It's this relationship thing where we get to be with Jesus. Remain, abide means to be in his presence. For some of you recently, that's getting in your deer stand, you know, as you wait for that trophy buck to come by. But you're, you're out there, it's just you and God. Some of you, it's when you're exercising, when you're working out. Some of you have different ways that you kind of get away just to be with Jesus. And it's something we've got to be intentional about. If we're going to hang out, if we're going to be with Jesus, what are some ways that you just kind of spend time with him? Because when we remain in him and he remains in us, he wants to bear much fruit. But here's the key. It's not just going to Jesus when things get tough, right? 
It's about hanging, being with Jesus, being in relationship on a continual basis, just like we try to be with our families. You know, we, we did this whole thing on it starts at home, and that is still ringing in my ears. What kind of time am I spending with my family? Because it's all about relationship. And sometimes we talk about, well, I'm going to have some quality time. Most of the time, quality time is spontaneous results of spending quantity time with each other. You know, you may not always have that Hollywood moment like Justin spoke about in a really good way with Jesus every time you're with him, but he just invites us to be in his presence. And I love how Jesus Christ modeled this for us. He modeled the spirit of sonship for us to go and be with the Father. We have to find our mountainside as Jesus would go away and be with the Father. And he modeled the spirit of sonship, the first one to call him Father. And so I think it's important that you think about for you, as he was trying to get the disciples to think about, what does it mean to, be, to, to remain in Jesus, to abide, just be with him? And you've got to find out how that looks for you. And then you've got to be intentional about it. And it's such an important concept because his desire is to bear much fruit through you and me. We are the branches, he is the vine. And it's also, it's, it's just kind of incredible to think about that God would appoint us and choose us to bear fruit for his glory. And so you look back at the verses right here. Let me go back. Apart from you, you can do nothing. Look at the bottom part of this. It says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my true disciples. Okay? What does a disciple look like? What is this fruit that he's speaking of? Because he wants us to bear much fruit. And I wanted to give you just a couple examples to look at this morning. What is this fruit that Jesus was speaking of? Paul spoke of the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And maybe you didn't grow up in the church, but if you're around church long enough, if you volunteer with VBS, you're going to learn what the fruit of the Spirit is and what the fruit of the Spirit is not, right? Because the fruit of the Spirit's not, not a coconut. What do you say after that? Nope. If you want to be a coconut, you might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the Spirit because the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I had so much fun singing that with the little kids on Thursday morning. Fruit of the Spirit's not a kiwi. Wee. And so you go through this whole thing. Not a banana. Nah. If you want to be a banana, you might as well hear it. So what is the fruit of the Spirit? What is this fruit to look like in your life? How do we flow in love and joy and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. As I told you last week, I don't always flow in that. I took a risk and even singing about it to drive the point home. I don't always flow in unconditional love. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing this morning. Although I have been known to sing Peace in the Valley like Elvis, but I'm not going to do it today. I'm going to spare you and spare my wife of that. But, but you think about this fruit of the Spirit. Are people seeing fruit in your life? And this is not to lead you to condemnation. This is about conviction. The Holy Spirit convicts us to be more and more like Jesus Christ. The enemy is really good at guilt, shame, and condemnation. So what kind of fruit are you displaying? It's the fruit of the Spirit. Paul speaks of the fruits of righteousness. He also says in 2 Corinthians 5, I'm the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ, which in real simple terms means I'm in right standing with him. When God looks at you through the blood and the righteousness of his Son, he's not disappointed in you, Right? It's important for us to know we are in right standing with God when we've taken Jesus Christ on in baptism. This is a great fruit to display for people. Or new converts is fruit. You know, Justin spoke about, you know, the gospels of peace. 
and, and releasing the good news to people and letting God use you as a branch to the vine to lead people to the good news, the forgiveness, the love, the grace, the power that is in Jesus Christ. And again, so many things are caught even more than they're taught. So the life that we're living, what kind of fruit are we showing? Paul talks about holiness as a fruit. We are set apart. This is not to lead to pride or self-righteousness, but God has chosen us to bear fruit. He set us apart. He wants us to share this good news, and he wants the fruit of the Spirit to flow through us. I think it's important to remember everything Jesus did in his ministry was out of overflow from the Spirit flowing through him. Even that example where the demon-possessed boy, the disciples are like, we can't drive the demon out. And he's talking to the dad. The dad's like, I believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And he drives the demon out. And then he says, this only comes out by prayer and fasting. Well, it doesn't say that he fasted right there for a little bit before he prayed and then drove the demon out. What it was is he was operating out of overflow. He'd already been praying and fasting. He'd been spending time with, with the Father and was in that moment operating out of overflow from his relationship with the Father through the power of the Spirit. What kind of fruit is on display? And again, you know me. I shared last time. I'm not perfect but I'm excited about what is possible as a branch to the vine. And as I mature and grow in Jesus Christ with people who can be mentors around me, what is possible? What is the fruit that I could bear? Because his desire is to bear much fruit through me, through you, for his glory. And then I also want us to be reminded today, Jesus said he's the vine. What is flowing from the vine to the branch that produces fruit? This was really important for him in this whole spiritual survival kit kind of thought. As he's preparing the disciples for what's to come, he's letting them know it's really important that he leaves because he's going to leave his spirit for them. And in fact, it's better that he leaves because his spirit can be dispersed among the believers who can lead all these people to Christ and not just be up to him. But what is this that is flowing from the vine to the, to the branch that produces fruit? Acts 2.38-39 says this, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says it. I believe it. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. This is a gift. It's not a reward. We are groomed to be rewarded in everything we do, academics, sports, jobs, and it's kind of challenging for us sometimes to just receive this as a gift by believing in Jesus Christ. And when we're baptized, not only are sins forgiven, which is amazing, but we're, giving, we're given this gift of the Holy Spirit. This is very vital. And this is a big part of why Jesus decided to leave, is to leave this gift of the Holy Spirit. What is flowing through us is a branch to the vine. A couple other verses. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's Christ who lives in us. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. Acts 10.38 says, God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with Holy Spirit and with power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Remember when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit rested on him like a dove. If you look through the Bible, you'll see everything Jesus did was through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, he was Jesus, 
He was a son of God the Father, and he did everything through the Spirit. I think it's really important for us to be reminded that we're not in this alone. The Spirit of Jesus Christ lives inside of us. And our daily responsibility, as you've heard me say, is to respond to his ability within us as a branch to the vine. And again, what is possible with God? Now, the Bible says all things are possible. (laughs) And so many times I limit by my experience or lack thereof what is possible with God. But I think it's important for us to dream big because the spirit of Jesus Christ is living inside of us. And he literally wants the world to come to him. And you know this challenging world we live in that can be a little bit intimidating. What about this verse, though? He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. I like the thought of habits, that old habits have to die and new habits have to form. And what do I mean by that? It's this. It's, I'm a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. The new is here. I'm dead to sin. I'm alive in Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. Christ lives within me. The old is gone. The new is here. Why do I still struggle with sin? Does that mean I wasn't really saved? And, and no, that's, that's not what it is. I am a new creation in Christ. And when I'm born again, there's a new spirit within me. I have the spirit of Christ within me. And it's wonderful. It's amazing. It's, it's Jesus Christ living inside of me. But you know what? If if I was a little bit chubby before I was baptized, I'm probably going to be a little bit chubby after I was baptized. If I wasn't the most educated person before I was baptized, right after I'm baptized, I'm still probably not the most educated person. And so, but the spirit in me, it's new. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the spirit of Christ. I've been born again. So what I get to die to is the old man is dead, but there's some old habits. There's some old ways of thinking that have to die as I grow and mature in Jesus Christ. And part of this growing in Christ, maturing in Jesus as I learn to walk with the Spirit is learning new habits, new ways of thinking. And you guys know the best way to do that is don't conform to the patterns of this world. Be, uh, don't renew your mind and be transformed by renewing your mind of the Bible because listen, we're in a world that's challenging. We get all these different messages. We get lies from the enemy. We need to know what the truth is and we've got to renew our minds on a daily basis of what the word of God truly says. We have to develop new ways of thinking. This whole Philippians 4.8 mindset, whatever's true, noble, excellent, praiseworthy, on and on. Think about these things. It's not easy to do that, Right? Amen, with some of the things going on in this world. It's easy to get distracted by what the enemy throws at you. Sometimes we believe lies about ourselves that we're never supposed to believe. And again, we unintentionally deputize the enemy and give him ground, give him strongholds in our ways of thinking. But we have to die to some of these old habits. And when tough times come, a lot of times we go back to the old familiar ways of dealing with it. Through the power of Jesus Christ and with mentors around you, with the body of Christ helping you, we can mature and grow in Christ and learn new habits in Jesus as a new creation, as a branch to the vine, and produce more and more fruit for his glory. It is possible to do, but we need each other. That is why God gave us the body of Christ. I need older people in my life, and even people who are younger, who can teach me, who can guide me, who I can learn from. We need to be mentored by other people. We need the body of Christ. We need to come together in fellowship. We need to search the scripture and renew our minds daily. 
the reason I have that hand-carved John 15, 5 verse in my office, it's to live in remembrance. I think the Jews are really good at doing that by what they wore, the altars they built, to remind themselves of what God had done. I've got to remind myself on a daily basis of where my true identity comes from, and that's in Jesus Christ. And everything I do flows from that identity as a branch to the vine. And he was having to really build up and remind the disciples where the power comes from and who they are in him and why. Because there truly is a battlefield of the mind. Now let's look at the prune. He cuts off every branch. Sounds pretty extreme, but it's truth, okay? He desires us to bear fruit. Do you guys enjoy being pruned? You like the pruning process, okay? So who are those who are going to prune us the most? Well, if I'm a married man, besides my friends, it's probably going to be my spouse, right? I don't know what you call your spouse, but I call mine babe. And uh, sometimes I want to say, hey, babe, can we not have any pruning for just one week? (laughs) And don't worry, I don't say, hey, babe, you got any fries to go with that shake? But I, I call her babe, and... There's sometimes we just use one out of a week just free of pruning, okay? But pruning, the purpose of it is so that we'll produce even more fruit for his glory. So people who love you, who come to you and talk to you and sometimes point out your blind spots, I know we don't always like that. It's not always fun. But the purpose is so we'll produce more and more fruit for his glory. Give people that you love and trust permission to point out your blind spots. It's not just, your sp- not just your spouse, but people around you that you're in a relationship with that you know love you and have the best for you. And it's important that we are pruned, even though it's not a fun process. All right, Jesus makes a shift right here. If you see here in John 15, 9 through 14, here we go with this love thing again, all right? All right, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. And if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. He's telling us this so that our joy, our joy may be complete. This whole thing about love, okay, why is he going to be talking to the disciples about remaining in him? Why is he going to be talking about bearing much fruit and then kind of transition this whole love thing? Remain in me. Bear much fruit. The spirit of me will live inside of you, and you have to love, love, love. Because, for fill in the blank, got it? Okay. John 15, 18 through 19, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I've chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. You know what I think is possible today? I think it's possible to speak the truth in love. I think it's possible to love people where they're at, and love them too much to leave them there and not be ashamed of the gospel. And while simultaneously not being judgmental and bigoted and hateful and intolerant. That is possible. But you know what? There are times when you can love people right where they are. You can build a relationship with them. You can speak the truth in love. But they're still going to label you as judgmental, 
as all these kind of things because we have a real confusion in our, in our society right now about what is judgment and what is not. Jesus would have been labeled very judgmental, you know, because he did tell the lady, go and sin no more. Oh, you can't tell it. You know, if I'm in a relationship with somebody and I love them, and they're doing something that is, that is sinful, that's gonna take them away from God from his best, and for living a fruitful life and the abundant life, if I really do love them, at some point I'm gonna say, hey, hey brother, hey sister, like, you know, and point out what's going on in their life and saying, this is not you. This is not the real you. This is not God's best for you. That is not being judgmental. In fact, that's loving them more than I love myself. Because so many times when I won't go there, it's because I love myself more than that person. And so we live in a time, we live in a world, as you guys know, that maybe sometimes the most intolerance is, is towards Christians, but we cannot respond in anger and in fear and lament all the time about how good it was in the past and where we are now. There may be some truth in that, but this is where we are. And our responsibility is to share the good news, it's to love unconditionally, even when we don't get loved back the way that we're loving people. Our responsibility is to still display the fruit of the Spirit in a world that has seemingly become pretty intolerant to those who believe in Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, the life, and believe the Bible is the inspired word of God, that it's Holy Spirit inspired. But I believe, and I'm gonna continue to do my best, this is why I need the Spirit to lead me and give me wisdom I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm gonna to continue to speak the truth in love on how I best see from what the scripture says. And I'm not gonna change my theology just so people can hear what they wanna hear and make them feel better about the choices they're making. Just like I want you to love me enough to point something out in me that could be offensive, that could be sinful. If we love each other, we're gonna do that. We're gonna do it through relationship. Now we love people where they are. And we don't condemn them from where they are, but at the same time, through relationship, we're gonna present God's best for them through relationship if we love them. I'm gonna share something real quick. I remember being called one time when I was working at a church, and it was a lady, and I think it's okay to share this. I'm gonna take another risk, but anyway. She was making sure that if she and her daughter came because she, she had chosen a lesbian lifestyle, that we weren't gonna teach that God's covenant marriage was between man and a woman. And so she was making sure we weren't gonna teach that, that we would be loving and all these kind of things. I said, well, I said, ma'am, I said, I hear you. I said, I would love for you to come here. And we're, we would love you right where you are. I said, but if I believe what the word of God says, then I want God's best for you. And I do believe God's covenant marriage is between man and a woman. And of course, we'll teach that because I believe that's God's best. And if I love you, I'm gonna teach what I feel convicted, what the word of God says. And not be ashamed, I'm not condemning you, but at the same time, I wanna speak the truth in love. And she really respected me for that. Now she chose not to come, but she respected me for being honest. And I think it's possible to speak the truth in love. We are responsible to people, but not for people. But at the end of the day, if they don't see the fruit of the spirit in us, they're probably not gonna to wanna to listen to us. So we go back to this. Remain in me as I also remain in you. 
No, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain, abide in me, and, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. At the end of the day, we have to remain in his love. We have to keep our love on. We have to lead with love while having courage and not being ashamed of the gospel, but speaking the truth in love. We have to be able to love people right where they are and love them too much to leave them there as branches to the vine. The disciples were gonna be facing an immense faith crisis, and Jesus was preparing them. And in different ways, we face those faith crises in our lives today. So how do you remain in his love? How do you be with Jesus Christ? How do you be a branch of the vine? What does fruit look like? What kind of fruit are you producing in your life for his glory? And I wanted to end with this. Why was Jesus saying these things? Recognition of our completeness in Christ is a tremendous safeguard against deception. I really believe that. Of who you are as a branch of the vine, who you are as a son and daughter to the Father, who you are as a new creation in Christ. Completeness in Christ is a tremendous safeguard against deception. And then total satisfaction with Christ disarms Satan's lies. A big part of all temptation is dissatisfaction. It really is. We become dissatisfied and want something new and better and different. And I think it's important for us to be reminded today that, man, when you take in Christ on a baptism, you're a branch of the vine. His spirit lives inside of you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. An incomparably great power for those of us who believe. But we have to renew our minds daily of the truth of what God says about us, what the word says about us, not what the world says about us. It's not easy. I don't always lead with love. I'm not always just hanging out with Jesus. But as we grow in Christ, through the power of his spirit living inside of us, what is possible? And the world's not gonna like you. So guess what? We probably need to love and support each other. We're gonna get enough hate from the world. So as a body, let's continue to love and support each other as much as possible. You are a branch to the vine. His desire is to bear much fruit through you for his glory. And what an exciting prospect that is, that as we grow in Christ, we're gonna see more and more of his fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, released through our life for his glory. Maybe you're at a faith crisis in your life. Maybe you just need some prayer. Maybe you want to take Jesus Christ on in baptism and be a branch of the vine and bear much fruit for his glory. Whatever it is, we're gonna have people standing up here who will pray over you, so come forward for prayer, anything you need, while we stand and while we sing.